Hello everybody and welcome back to Straight Outta Cloin 2.0 with me, your host, of course, Joseph Dylan Turley. And I have to say, this is probably the most energy I've had recording for a while. I feel like the last few episodes I have been absolutely knackered when I came on here. And I had absolutely no idea what to talk about, but I am just about nearly two hours removed from a jiu-jitsu class, which was a lot of fun, as always. And these always tend to give me a burst of energy. You'd think I'd be absolutely knackered rolling around on the floor with grown-ass men. Uh, but no, I actually have a lot of energy because, as I've said time and time again, I have fallen in love with the sport of jiu-jitsu. I was already a jiu-jitsu fan, of course. I'm a lifelong combat sports fan, but... Uh, since I actually started, you know, training down in a T45 Jiu-Jitsu, I've just, like, got such a higher appreciation for the the sport itself and just seeing, you know, how difficult it is and how, like, you know, even now, what, two months in, you know, nearly three months, I can actually, you know, I see people who've been doing it so much longer and, like, they're getting to a point now where it's, like, you know, things are starting to click, if that makes sense. I'm at, I'm at a point now where certain things are starting to click, but I look at those people and go there's such a long way to go and that's the beauty of the sport is like you know no matter what level you're at there's just so much you can learn and that is the best thing about you know getting involved in any type of sport but uh i think this is the most i've ever experienced it um, you know with training in a certain discipline is with jiu-jitsu and listen i was never the most naturally gifted athlete so i know i have to you know i require a lot of patience when i'm training in a certain sport but, uh, yeah, look, that's um, that's half the fun of it. Uh, yeah, I've had a busy week once again. Uh, you know, it's funny because Wednesday used to be my traditional day that I would record an episode. But lately, on Wednesdays, I've just been so tired. Ridiculously tired. I, I, I've been so busy lately that when I'm not doing something, I just get absolutely, like, I, I can't put into words how tired I actually get. But, thankfully, uh, you know, t- today... Uh, excuse me, this week I've been working from home, which means that I have a lot more free time in terms of like on my lunch break. I'm not like in Cork City around, you know, five or six different people that I share the office with. And, you know, then I come home and I'm too tired to record. I've been home all week, so I've actually had plenty of time to record. But I just said, fuck it, I'm going to do it on Thursday. Uh, you know, Wednesday I will... Um, do uh, something else, and I can't even remember what I did on Wednesday. That's what I was about to say, and I'm after completely forget forgetting what. I- oh, of course, now I remember what I did on Wednesday because it was so fucking irritating. So this was a moment of anger that it's kind of similar to what I was talking about last week when I told the story that back in 2020 when I was playing FIFA 20. Uh, I was playing a game in my Valencia career mode against Espanyol, who were my fucking kryptonite in that game. Could not get the better of them, nine times out of ten. And one game got so frustrating that I started crying at the age of 22 years old playing a game of FIFA. But this time, I was creating a character on WWE 2K23, which I have to say is the best wrestling game I have played in such a long time. 2K22 was good, um, but I got it quite late after it came out. And I didn't feel like I got to fully experience the game. Whereas with 2K23, I got it three days early because I got the early access for it. And Wednesday, I was like, fuck it, let's create a character. I've pretty much done everything else in the game apart from, you know, creating my uh, virtual self in the game. And by the way, I still always create Luberan, my original wrestling character. That's still the character I create in 2K23. So he lives on in the world of 2K Sports. But I was creating the character, right? And... Anyone who's created a character in a wrestling game knows that it's time-consuming. 
you know, obviously you've got to create the character, then you've got to create the entrance and the moveset. And this, a lot goes into it, especially if you're, like, giving them tattoos or, you know, you're giving them a certain look. It takes a fucking long time. And I came towards the end of the cycle of creating the character, and I was super happy, was delighted with how Lou Baran looked. I thought, fuck it, he's identical to me, ripped to shreds, six foot tall, identical to the real life person. But then I went to save it, and the game crashed. And nothing saved. And I had to go all the way back to the start to do it again. And when I say that the rage, like something that like, I think getting angry at this was a bit more understandable than getting angry at losing a game of FIFA. Because at least when I lost that game, I could recover and just win the next game. Whereas with this, I had to start from fucking scratch. You know what I mean? It wasn't like I just lost a match on 2K23. I lost a whole fucking character that I spent the best part of 45 minutes creating. And I ended up doing it again, and, you know, it's fine now, but Jesus Christ... It's annoying. It's the second time the game has crashed. It's the only major criticism I have at 2K23 so far, is that the game has crashed twice. Now, there was an update given today at the time of recording for anyone else who plays it, but it was such such an infuriating moment. Such an infuriating moment. But I eventually got over it, and we created Luberan again, and he lives on, as I say, in the world of WWE 2K23. Another thing I was doing, actually, was I was watching The Simpsons on uh, Disney+. Plus. I recently subscribed to that again. And isn't it crazy how, like, you know, you can... The Simpsons is quite similar to wrestling that way. You can watch The Simpsons at, you know, different stages in your life and get the same enjoyment, excuse me, with a different appreciation for it. Like, still now I'll find myself going back watching old episodes and going, I didn't understand that when I was younger, but I remember still enjoying it. And now, as an adult, I enjoy it still, but I understand a lot more of the references. Like, that's... That's something that's quite cool and quite unique. And it was funny because WWE, or sorry, Cultaholic, who was a wrestling YouTube channel, they put up a video on YouTube, uh, I think it was either today or a couple of days ago, but it was recently enough. The 10 worst WWE matches of 2006. Now, 2006 was the year I started watching weekly wrestling. I was already a well-established wrestling fan at that stage, but that was the year we got Sky in the house, which obviously WWE at the time was on Sky Sports. So for the first time in my wrestling fandom, I was actually able to watch the shows week to week. And very soon after this, WWE started this angle where there was two Canes. You had Kane without the mask, and then you had Kane with the mask, who obviously, as we know now, was Luke Gallows, who would go on to be of infamy with the character Festus in WWE, and then better times, we'll say, with the Bullet Club in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And obviously he came back to have a run with WWE as well in the OC, and I believe they're still signed to the company. But I remember at the time, maybe about a year before, actually, my cousin Adam, who I've talked about on this show before, I remember him telling me there's two different canes. That, you know, cane with the mask is different to the cane we see now without the mask. And I was like, that's a load of crap. There was one cane he unmasked on Raw in 2003, before choke slamming his then tag team partner Rob Van Dam, what are you on about, Adam? And I remember at the time when you know mask fake Kane came out and challenged real Kane, and I remember my mind being fucking blown. Like holy shit, there's two Kanes, and I was hooked as an eight year old. And now I look back at twenty five years old and go, Jesus Christ, that was crap. It was so crap. But at the time. 
I was fucking, I absolutely was just blown away by it. But that's kind of the cool thing about wrestling is that you have that, you know, young fandom where stuff like that you know, captivates you and blows your mind and like keeps you engaged. And now, you know, we've seen the, the bloodline um, angle and the storyline that's been going on now for, God, the best part of two years now or three, yeah, nearly three years, really, two, well, two and a half years. And like the storytelling is what's captivating me in that, you know, um, you know, actual proper realist like somewhat realistic storytelling and, and obviously great wrestling as well but uh yeah it's quite crazy how like you know there are certain things in life that you can appreciate no matter what age you are but you appreciate it in a different way depending on what age you are it's really really cool speaking of things that are really really cool uh i've had a cool week as well uh so you know as i said i was quite busy uh last saturday i went to my first show uh, irish wrestling show as a fan since 2019 so I had not been to an Irish wrestling show as a fan since before I started refing, And it's crazy because I remember that show in 2019. I've spoke about it time and time again. Excuse me. <coughs> Bloody hell. Nearly choked on my own spit there. Sorry if that was TMI. But uh, I remember at that show in 2019, it was OTT's first and so far only show they've ever done in Cork. And uh, what the big attraction that night was that Pac was going to be wrestling in the main event against uh, Speedball Mike Bailey. And that night... Uh, before the show, or that evening, I should say, before the show, Pac was doing a meet and greet. And I've spoke about this story time and time again, that Pac, back when he was known as Adrian Neville in NXT, uh, he had a match with Sami Zayn at NXT TakeOver or Evolution, which blew my mind. And I had fallen a little bit out of love at wrestling the year before. And 2014, I was getting back in and getting back in and getting back in, slowly but surely. And that match between Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville made me fall back in love at wrestling. Like that whole show, NXT Takeover or Evolution, was insane. But the the main event was like it reminded me of how great the storytelling in wrestling can be. And I got to meet Pac that day and I got to tell him about that moment. And he seemed a bit like, oh shit, like Jesus, like that means a lot. Like, thank you so much. And obviously down the line I would get to virtually meet Sami Zayn and tell him the same thing. I've played that clip on here before. But it's crazy, like, that, you know, that was the last wrestling show I was at. Uh, last uh, Irish wrestling show, I should say, I was at as a fan. And that was August 2019. And then fast forward 13 months later, I would be refereeing the first ever all-monster Irish wrestling show. Uh, Phoenix Wrestling's Unlock Stock and Two Meters Apart. And it was I was just crazy, like, thinking about that, like, you know, um, you know being back in the, the National Stadium. My first time there since 2018. So that'll tell you, Jesus, that, that feels like a different lifetime at this stage. But, like, to have that moment of, like, you know, being at Scrapper Mania last Saturday and going, Jesus Christ, like, your pack was wrestling again. It was cool to see him. But looking at it going, I've refereed matches from people who are on this show. And, like, Foxy, obviously, who was refereeing that show or co-refing that show, you know, I've got to work with him and learn from him and I've got to get tips from him. And Foxy was kind enough one time to let me referee a tag match that he was originally scheduled to referee. Like, that meant a lot to me. Like, that was really cool for Foxy to, to do that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um... No, that, that, that really did mean a lot um, from, uh, from you know, from Niall Fox, who's the best referee in Ireland, you know. Um, of course, I, I, the fans like to remind me that I'm not Foxy. I would like to uh, thank the fans for reminding me of that. I am getting quite forgetful in my old age of 20-fucking-five. Sorry, I had to, you know, let the heel character come out there a bit. I'm not a Grinch, by the way. Before you all start throwing that at me. But um, yeah, like that, that was really, really cool. Um, and quality wrestling, start to finish, the show was amazing. Obviously got to meet Santina Morella as well, which is really cool. 
Uh, obviously, former WWE Intercontinental Champion, one of the funniest uh, comedy characters WWE have ever had. And uh, yeah, just it was a great a great day all around. Um, so yeah, fair play to OTT, who I know had some, you know, dodgy circumstances, uh, not their fault, just considering some of the imports. Obviously, John Moxley was supposed to be there, but then he got uh, double booked with an AEW house show. Then uh, I think Eddie Kingston was supposed to be the main headliner and he came down with COVID and then Davey Richards obviously had his situation, which I'm not going to get into. Um, but they still managed to put on a fantastic show. Uh, not not a single match was filler. Every match meant something. Every match was fun and entertaining. And it was great. It's really making me look forward to the uh, 7th of April uh, for RCW's next show. That's just what Jesus said, sir. So get your tickets for that if you haven't already. Uh, of course, in the keynote in Cork, I will be there refereeing as per usual. And I'm really, really looking forward to it. Another really cool moment. Uh, I was on Monday, as I said, in T45 Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, Nogi World Champion Brianna St. Marie doing an unbelievable seminar. And... Yeah, it was really crazy to um to actually experience that. You know, I've only been training in jiu-jitsu for, you know, the best part of two months now, or just over two months, I think it is. And, you know, as I was kind of saying at the start, like, jiu-jitsu is, is such a fucking great sport. But it's challenging. And, like, I think I said at the start, like, that's that's the fun of it. Like, I've seen people who are, you know... Like, I'm a white belt, but I see people who've been training a lot longer who are also white belts who are at a different level to what I'm at. And it's like, you know, that's the great thing about jiu-jitsu is that I just feel like there's always something to chase. You know, like, even, like, my head coach, Kieran, uh, who's a black belt, and he's been a black belt for uh, over a year now. Like, you know, he's still learning. And he'll tell you that himself. Like, he's still learning things as a black belt. And, like, that's just, that's so cool. You know what I mean? It just goes to show that, like, you know... You have to be in it for for the long haul. Um, you know, I'm, I'm as I said, lifelong combat sports fan and love martial arts. But uh, you know, it was, it was funny because like Monday was one of those moments. I had a similar moment back when I was training with Phoenix, back in 2020. L.J. Cleary came down to do a seminar. I think Owen Richards was there. Uh, Jay Money was there. Uh, who else was there? Justin Daniels was down there. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting somebody, but there was there was a good few people came down from Dublin, and obviously these are people who I'd seen, you know. Uh, wrestle on shows where I went to as a fan and you know to get to learn from them and to be surrounded by that group of people it just kind of got me like really thinking that like Jesus Christ like this is so cool and like it, it makes you think back to the times where things mightn't have been going so well in life and going I can't believe I'm here right now but I'm loving every moment of it and I'm really appreciative of this and I think the Brianna St. Marie uh, seminar was the exact same feeling just this time replace pro wrestling with jiu-jitsu it was just one of those things where it's like, I'm getting to learn from one of the best in the world who is so nice and so humble from one of my favorite cities on the planet, Montreal, Quebec, Canada. And, you know, to get to learn some of those really cool techniques uh, was really great. And like, you know, I, I can like, you know, at the end of every um, class, like the last thing we do is we have a little spar. Um, and like today I felt like probably my most confident so far in terms of sparring. And I think that was coming off the, the back of that seminar. Um, so it was really, really cool. But no, like just loving every moment of that. Uh, you know, I said I wanted to make this my busiest year. And I think the thing that's kept me the busiest this year has been jujitsu. And it's kept me motivated. And it's always given me something to look forward to three times a week as well, which is great. Um, but yeah, no, really, really cool to get to uh, to learn from uh, Brianna St. Marie. Um, and yeah, like just absolutely like I'm loving every second of it. Um, it's, you know, I always think it is important to stay active. And I, you know, when I finished the acting course last year, that was something that I kind of I struggled with for a while. Was like, 
I went back to full time work, which was, you know, it's fine. It's paying the bills and, you know, you need to do that. But it was kind of like, man, I miss being like active every day. And like, you know, people realize there was a lot of uh, you have to be very active to be an actor. You know, it's not just a case of remembering lines and performing them like there is you know exercises and techniques that go into it that can be quite uh, draining from times. But it, it is great. Uh, so it's, it's great to have, you know, something that keeps me active and keeps me um, focused and keeps me, you know, it gives me something to aim for, which 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 is great. So enjoying the shit out of that. Uh, then on Tuesday, just to add to my busy week, I got to go up to Dublin uh, to see the United Stand live, and I had a really cool moment actually. Mark Goldbridge, the um, the head of the United Stand, the, the main face of it, he actually walked past me on his way into the venue, which is quite cool. We gave each other a little nod, which was class, and it's funny. Like the the title of this episode is going to be Starstruck because I have been blessed the last however many years to have met so many people who I consider heroes in the world of pro wrestling, mixed martial arts, even jiu-jitsu, obviously, because I got to meet Hoist Gracie back in February, which was class. Um, you know, I've, I've met so many people, like too many to name, you know, apart from Hoist Gracie, who I just ma- uh, named. But like, you know, one of the main ones I can name is because there's a picture of me and him right behind me is Kurt Angle, who's one of my absolute heroes in wrestling and just in life. Just, you know, how he overcame a lot of his struggles and you know, like, that was obviously very inspiring to me, and I've had so many of those cool moments, like Santino Morella even last Saturday, like, you know, he's someone who I, I remember the night he debuted on Raw, you know, against Umaga, and here I am, what, 10, 15, 16 years later, getting to meet him at an Irish wrestling show, where people who I've refereed matches of are going to be performing on the show as well, like, that's insane. But seeing Mark Goldbridge was probably the most starstruck I'd been for a while, which is crazy because, like, he's a YouTuber, and I like I love YouTube. I watch YouTube probably more than I watch any other you know platform these days. But like, I remember walking past and going, "Oh my god, that was Mark Goldbridge!" Like, that's the most starstruck I've been probably in a few years. Like, Kurt Angle, I was, it was starstruck, but it was kind of like a, it was more a feeling of, man, this is really nice. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm meeting Kurt Angle. It was a really wholesome moment. And if, I don't know what it was with Kurt Angle. It felt like, even though this is the first time I'm meeting him, like, it's. I also feel like I know him, you know? It's kind of weird. But Mark Goldbridge, because, you know, every time I watch a United game, I have his watch-alongs on. I watch his, his news videos every morning, and, you know, I, I watch uh, the United stand every single day. And then just seeing him, I was like, oh, my God. Because I'm always so used to seeing him on YouTube. Like, Kurt Angle, for example, I'd seen wrestle live and in person before. With Mark Goldberg, like, YouTube just has this kind of aura about it. And I was like, oh my god, like, that's the guy I see on YouTube, you know, with the green screen in the background, and he's, you know, he's calling people prats. And it was just so, I remember going, like, I haven't had that feeling for a while. It was really, really cool. And I think because it was kind of unexpected, because I just assumed he was already in the venue at that stage. Then to see him walk in, I was like, oh shit, there's Mark Goldbridge. That's crazy. And of course, I got to meet Ricky from the United Stand as well, the legend himself. Man, we think we've seen some bad times at United in the last, you know, 10 years. He got to see United play in the second division. So, Ricky knows a thing or two about seeing United struggle. You know, so, like, you know, when we're complaining about being in the Europa League, he saw us when we weren't even in the top division in English football. So, mad respect for Ricky. Really nice guy. Loves his Guinness, which was uh, pretty cool. But, um, no, it was great to meet him. Bit starstruck meeting Ricky as well, um, to be honest. Really, really nice guy. And, yeah, just uh, a really great week, and it's it's nice to be busy. It really is nice to be busy, but I think I was saying this to Porig recently, shout out to Porig, that um, I, 
I've, I'm really enjoying my downtime lately. I think last year I had a bit too much downtime down after college when that finished, after the acting course ended. Like, I had so much downtime that I was just like, I was just bored. But now I don't have as much downtime but when I do have it, I just enjoy the shit out of it. It's actually, you know, shout out to Ronan from uh, T45 as well. One of my uh, good buddies there. You know, I remember he said something to me about, you know, like obviously we're going to the training sessions and stuff. And he was like, it's great coming here. But you said there's just some days where it's like you do have to kind of motivate yourself to go in. I think everyone can experience this from time to time where it's like, you know, we all, I think we all like doing nothing. We all like the thought of doing nothing. And sometimes it is, you know, that it, it is hard to kind of combat that, you know. Luckily, anytime I've had to miss a training session or whatever, it's always because it's been something else on. It's not because I've just been like, oh, I'm too lazy today. But there are times where like, you know, you might be having a tough day at work or, you know, you might just, just sometimes you just wake up and you just kind of feel shit and you're trying to combat that feeling and go, no, I have to go out, get active and, you know, and talk to people and meet people and, um, you know, interact with people. Like, that can be quite tough. But... I feel like now, because I don't have as much downtime, and I've seen that when I do have it, I enjoy it a lot more, that's what keeps me motivated, is that, like, I, you know, I think you always, it's like, you know, when you go to the gym or you start working out or whatever, it's like, the thought of it you kind of dread, but when you do it, you feel so much better afterwards. It's a really, um... It's a really fulfilling feeling. I'm really sorry. I got distracted there. The recording looked like it had stopped and I fucking shat myself. I'm here going on this emotional promo, this emotional rant, you know, opening up about my feelings. And I thought the recording had completely shat the fucking bed in me. So I apologize because I nearly shat the bed there thinking, oh my God, I've lost the episode. What the fuck am I going to do? Anyways, we're going to keep going because I feel like this is the... This is the most engaged in an episode I've been for, obviously apart from the Alex one, because, you know, when you talk to someone, it's different. But uh, apologies as well about that delay in the episode. It was There was nothing we could do about it, but, you know, I'm just going to blame Alex because, you know, he only listens to the episodes he's on, so he's not going to listen to this. So, you know what, Alex? It was your fault, you piece of shit. But no, in all seriousness, um, this is the most engaged I felt in an episode for a while. And that's the thing with this podcast. Like, I love doing this, and it's, it's almost like therapy, as I nearly knock over my mic. It's almost like therapy for me sometimes, because I come on here, I just, I, I talk into a microphone, whether I have whether I know what I'm going to talk about or not I just talk and you know things come out and I, I feel better afterwards and it goes out and people can listen to it if they want and if they don't want to well then you know they're probably serial killers anyway I don't know that was a really weird example uh, a really weird insult to call someone a serial killer for not listening to this podcast but anyways we're going to keep going Um, but yeah recently it was just like it became almost a bit of a chore to have to record and obviously then there was the one week that I missed which I felt kind of shit about but you know what I'm kind of glad, in a way, that I missed a week. Because, as weird as it might sound, I was putting kind of pressure on myself that, no, I need to have one up every Friday. There's been an episode out every Friday since we relaunched this podcast, and, I, you know, I, I gotta keep going every Friday. So, maybe it was a blessing in disguise that, I think when I saw that we had missed an episode, I felt a bit better. Because I was like, oh, well, okay, you know, the streak is over. But, it almost means it was like, well... That's already happened. The world didn't end. You know, life moves on. Whatever. It's not a big deal. So, um, yeah, I, I feel a lot more relaxed. And I'm, I'm, this is the most I've enjoyed recording for a while, actually. Just, you know, t- turning on, hitting record, turning on the laptop, and uh, just talking. It's, uh, it's, it's been great. It's been great. Speaking of great, WrestleMania is next week. Oh my god, I can't wait. I'm going to do a special WrestleMania episode next week. Uh, let, let's actually get, like, let's get up the card there, right? Because the card at the moment is... Absolutely fucking stacked. 
We'll get into it more next week, but uh, it would be remiss of me not to mention it now. So WrestleMania 39, <clears throat> here we go. April 1st and 2nd, I will be watching Boat Nights Live, which is very exciting. So, the matches we have so far. So, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul, which is confirmed for night one. Obviously, Roman Reigns versus Cody Rhodes for the Undisputed Universal title. That's confirmed for night two. And then the other matches, which have all been announced, but they haven't decided what night they're going to be on yet. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Omos in a singles match. Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, a triple threat match for the IC title. Austin Theory versus John Cena in a match for the United States title. Uh, Trish Stratus, Lita, and Becky Lynch against Damage Control in a six-woman tag. Edge versus Finn Balor in a Hell in a Cell match. That's going to be insane, especially if Finn brings back the Demon, which, you know, they've been teasing on Raw. Uh, Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus three teams TBD uh, in a women's WrestleMania showcase uh, fatal four-way tag team match. Goddamn, that's a mouthful. And then the men's equivalent to that, we have... Uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet versus the Street Profits versus Alpha Academy versus the Viking Raiders. And then we have the tag team title match for the uh, undisputed tag team titles, obviously. The Usos versus Kevin Owens and El Generico's greatest student, Sami Zayn. Wow, I am absolutely buzzing. I, obviously, it's the first uh, WrestleMania under Triple H's uh, guide, his creative control. So that's obviously really exciting, too. And the card is stacked from top to bottom. As I said, we'll get into it more next week, but it's just so great. Like, it's come around so fast, WrestleMania season. And it got, you know, it got me thinking about, you know, this time last year, obviously, because, you know, around this time last year, of course, we were also in WrestleMania season. And, you know, our old college group chat, someone put a picture in recently of uh, the, what we like to call the new actors, um, end of year showcase coming up. And it's actually by the same person who wrote the play that we did for our Christmas showcase last year. Uh, shout out to Jerry White. But, uh, J- yeah, Jerry has uh, wrote a new play that would be performed by the CSN Acting for Stage and Screen course. And it's just amazing that, like, you know, I remember this time last year, I- and I spoke about this already, I was kind of in a weird place in the acting course. I think we were all kind of in a weird place, you know, the fact that it was coming to the end. And then, you know, to think that here we are 12 months later and what we consider the new actors they're nearly on their way to the end as well well they are on their way to the end and it just goes to show that like because it's funny i i I opened up uh, about this to someone recently who i went to college with when the course stopped i almost had a bit of withdrawal from it because it was like i'd met all these new friends who i saw five times a week doing something you know that we all shared a passion for uh, you know, we went through a lot of ups and downs in, in the road to the, to those shows, and um, we experienced a lot of high moments, a lot of low moments. And when you go through that with people, you know, every weekday for the best part of eight or nine months, and then all of a sudden it stops, and you're not seeing these people every day anymore, and you know you're not sharing that same passion with them all the time. It's it, it is a shock to the system, and you know we we see that in wrestling a lot. You know, a lot of guys who just don't want to let go they want to keep going they want to still be one of the boys or one of the girls and you know it, it, it i really feel like i can relate to that now obviously at a much you know lower um kind of viewpoint with it in terms of like i was just doing an acting course in you know valley Fahan as opposed to you know people who are traveling the world just you know, sometimes seven nights a week you know with, with uh with you know people who they literally share their life with for those seven nights, and obviously, you know, perform in front of thousands of people with uh, across the world. 
But, you know, I, I remember just having that withdrawal and being like, man, I just, I miss it so much. And obviously there was times in the acting course where, especially towards the end where I was like, Jesus Christ, like, maybe this is time for, you know, it is time for it to end. And, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to the end and seeing what's next. But no, it's it's like, I, I really did struggle for a while afterwards. And it's just crazy to think that, like, those, you know, those, those same people who are in the course now... Are, or the new people I should say who are in the course now they might go through something similar uh, it, it really is mental but uh, yeah I, I remember this time last year as well it was actually what day it was the last episode of the original Straight Outta Klein god I I, can, I think that was right before Hot Water Music let's uh, let's check that out because I genuinely can't remember so Straight Outta Klein uh, the original one the last episode of that was uploaded on Drum roll. It was uploaded on, oh my god, why won't you load? The 25th of March. So almost a year to the day. This is going out on the 24th of March. Jesus Christ. The episode is called, So I'm Standing There With My Dick In My Hand. No, that is not a reference to something that happened in real life. That was the opening line of my monologue for uh, Hot Water Music. Damn, what a time. What a time. And it's funny because I can see... An episode here that I did, which was one of my f- like favorite and funniest episodes that I ever did. I asked people on Reddit to roast me, and I can tell you all, we will be doing another one of those in two weeks' time. I was gonna try and do it this week, but I just didn't have the time. I literally didn't have time to go grab a pen and paper, write "roast me" on it, and take a picture in front of it and upload it to Reddit with a caption. That's how busy this week was. Um. And then in my downtime, I wanted to play WWE 2K23, so leave me alone. But, um, in t- yeah, and the next week, obviously, we're doing the WrestleMania episode. The week after that, we will do the Roast Me on Reddit, just for just for a bit of fun. Just for a bit of fun. Uh, I think that would be that would be really, really cool. Uh, right, lads, I think I'm going to end it here. Half an hour episode. I don't think that's too bad. They don't all have to be an hour long. Quantity should always... No, sorry. Quality should always come before quantity i very nearly messed that up but who cares now i enjoyed this episode this is the 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 most i've enjoyed a solo episode for a while uh i will try and get alex back on again soon i do need to start getting other guests on here i know i do apologize it will happen eventually i'm sorry uh yeah let let me know to the loyal listeners i want to listen to you within you know within reason who would you like to hear on the show would you like someone from the wrestling world the bjj world my laptop just scared the shit out of me. Uh, the acting world. Let me know who it is. And within reason, I will try and make it happen. But, as always, I will leave you with a classic wrestling promo. I say as always. We actually didn't do that last week. But that's because I had a hell of a lot of editing to do. So, please forgive me. But this week, we will make up for it. I'll try and get a fairly lengthy wrestling promo. And until next time, I will talk to you all later.
Well, I guess hell froze over. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people out there that are wondering why I'm here tonight and why now. But you know, I've had a long time to think about things. It's been 12 years since I've been back in the WWE. And it's, uh, it's an amazing feeling. You know, for the last few years, I tried so many times to find a way to come back. But every time I tried to come back, Vince McMahon would, would always decline and tell me not, that it wasn't possible. I just want to say that I'm grateful for this moment right now to be here and to be able to talk to the WWE Universe. You know, the most important thing I got to say right now. It's nice to be back. You know, I just want to say this is a chance for me to, to say to all my fans all around the world, thank you so much for never letting me be forgotten. I owe everything that I am today, and I've been in my whole life, to the WWE Universe, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for carrying me in your hearts for all these years. Never to be forgotten. As I stand here right now, I feel myself flooded with millions of memories, great memories. In fact, I can remember being right here at the Nutter Center and winning the very first King of the Ring. One of my proudest moments and one of my proudest nights. As a matter of fact, I think I remember at the end of it that uh, Jerry Lawler jumped me and, uh, well, Hey, King, nice to see you. Uh, hit man. Some things never change. Anyway, there's another reason why I'm here tonight, and I'm going to get right to the point. I've got 12 years of things that I've wanted to get off my chest, and the very first thing I want to do is I want to call back there and ask Shawn Michaels to come out here and see me face to face. Whoa. who's always been in the eye of the storm and of course he was 12 years ago at Survivor Series and I can tell you King this is the first time the first time since November of 1997 that Shawn Michaels will have had any contact at all with Bret Hart I don't know about you but I got some goosebumps going up in my spine right now what is gonna happen here have they let it go? Have they let the incident go? Or will all those emotions come rushing back and overwhelm these two men tonight? I don't know, but like Bret Hart said at the beginning, barely hell has frozen over. Shawn Michaels, 
I'll just call you Sean. I think I'd like to take this opportunity right now to bury the hatchet with you and call for a truce. First of all, Hitman, before you come out here and get your closure, there's something I've been waiting 12 years to say to you. The fact is, you deserved what happened 12 years ago in Montreal. You disrespected me, and you disrespected this business. And yes, I did have a hand in what Vince McMahon did that night. I rest my case. And there's a part of me, there's a big part of me, that doesn't regret a bit of it. But there's another part of me. There's another part of me that knows that in the last 12 years, a lot of things have changed. A lot of things in my life have changed. You know, Brett, I always respected you. I just never felt you respected me. And there were times when I couldn't stand the sight of you. And I know, I know the feeling is more than mutual. But you know something? When I think of Bret Hart, I don't think of Montreal. I think of Anaheim, California. I think of a 60-minute iron match. A 60-minute iron match that everybody said nobody'd want to see. And they certainly wouldn't want to see it on pay-per-view. They said nobody could do it. Yeah, Brett the Hitman Hart and Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels went out there and they did do it. And they redefined everything that this industry ever stood for. When I think of Bret Hart, I think of the excellence of execution. You're not the only one, Brett that's been carrying this around for 12 years. You're not the only one that's ready to move on. You're not the only one that wants to bury the hatchet. 
I guess all I have to say is, are you sure? And are you ready? Well, let's be real honest. You weren't the easiest guy in the world to love either back then. And you're a guy that certainly had his issues. But you're right. My career and your career shouldn't always be tagged by what happened at Survivor Series. I had a great career. You've had a great career. We both accomplished so many things. I think it's a good, as good a time as any right here and now for you and me to take this opportunity in front of all these fans right here in Dayton and all around the world. To look each other in the eye and take this moment and say that we could be friends. So I offer my hand to you in friendship. Right here in front of everybody, right from the heart, right from the bottom of my heart, I call for a truce and I call for you to shake my hand and if you want to bury the hatchet, Let's bury it right now.